0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Again, it's been a little bit of a while, so sorry if you do listen and you are looking forward to more episodes. Um, This one is, I think, quite a good topic to talk about. And you'll obviously have seen from the title that we're looking at really alternatives to counting calories. So just to set the scene to to begin with, um, there's a lot of people that are trying to lose body fat or just really try and change their body composition in some way. So lose fat, build muscle, whatever it may be. And one of the things that they may go towards to do this is counting their calories. And this might be something that you've done before yourself, if you're listening to this, and it might be something that you've been successful with. It might also be something that you've just really struggled with and kind of give up and not sort of believed in it. I've trained people that just don't believe that it works. And there's a few reasons to that, but, um, yeah, it's not for everyone. So I wanted to kind of look at the alternatives today. So if you haven't, um, carried calories before, or if you have, then hopefully I'm going to give you some different ideas of what you can potentially do to still get the goal that you want to do. But again, as I normally do, I'm gonna aim towards people that are looking to lose body fat. So yeah, so that that's really the start looking at that. Um there are negatives to counting calories. So if we look at some of the negatives that that to counting calories, we've got some it's not for everyone so we've got people that potentially you've had an eating disorder in the past definitely is not recommended to um to count calories just because you may tend to get really hung up on um sort of the process of doing that and it's if you are no longer um if you no longer have an eating disorder or currently struggle with that it could potentially lead you back into sort of that path so definitely not recommended for people with eating disorders and I sh- should add to this as well if you have had a previous eating disorder or struggle with something like that you should really be taking advice from potentially a dietitian rather than a personal trainer so yeah definitely consider that uh, but yeah for, for everyone else so it can lead to too much focus on sort of the numbers rather than the quality of the food that we're eating so we know and i've spoke about this on multiple podcasts so if you've listened to a few of mine you'll know this but uh, the calorie balance equation is what initiates any sort of change in our body composition so if we are in that calorie deficit we will lose body fat over time uh, being in that deficit consistently however what that could lead to is let's just get the calories low and not care about what where them calories actually come from that is potentially gonna well that will um help you to lose body fat and lead to losing body fat but is it the best method when you're not really eating good quality food um I wouldn't say so. So yeah, you've got to be careful that it's not just about hitting this set calorie target or hitting this, yeah, hitting the set calorie target. It can be quite time consuming. So not everybody wants to weigh the food. Not everybody wants to measure things and yeah, and, and it does take time. And if you've not got, if it's not packaged food, for example, you've not got a barcode to scan, you're going to have to weigh things. Um, then you're going to have to ensure that you, if you're cooking for other people, it, it becomes a lot harder. Because how do you portion control that when you are counting? So if let's say, for example, you've got, you weigh your pasta dry at the start, but then you're cooking for your family. Like, how, you don't truly know when you're dishing it up, the weight, because the weight changes once you've cooked it. So that, that can be a challenge, things like that um and yeah it's tedious it's time consuming like not everybody wants to do something like that it's very very tough to do during social events and i i always say like there's got to be times where you just don't if you are counting calories there's got to be times where you just switch off and don't count if an example is social events however i understand that if you've got a lot of social events coming up but you also really want to achieve a goal then Sometimes you might have to still try and count, or at least make better options. But it becomes very hard if you're in a restaurant. Maybe that you don't know how, you, like they might have a rough calorie target, uh, calorie for, per meal on the menu. Now, however, you don't know how it's how it's prepared. You don't know how accurate that is. So you are again sort of having a bit of a bit of a guess with that. Which I again i don't think it's an issue because i think you should be able to switch off and relax but if you really want to do counting calories accurately to ensure that you get the most out of it then it's tough to do food labels is another one food labels are not always accurate um there's i'm sure i can't remember if it's a five or ten percent inaccuracy uh meaning like that they have to be around five to ten percent as close to what is actually in in there so you can imagine food companies if they want to make their products look um lower in calories if they if they're given a little bit of a buffer of what they can how right or wrong they can be um they're going to use it so yeah food labels are not always accurate incorrect counting on like human error basically so a lot of the things that people forget when they are counting calories, and I think this is one of the main reasons why it doesn't work for some people, they forget about things like how they've prepared the food, like I just said in social events, like if a restaurant prepares it, they forget about the fats that, that they cook it in, and and things like that, and any dressings and stuff that they may add to it, or let's say for example they, they're they eating chips and they weigh the chips out but they don't even take into account the mayo that they're dipping it in, that all adds up more than any other macronutrient because uh, it's so dense in calories. So that is that is a really common thing that people just miscount. Not on purpose, like it's not. A lot of the time people are not uh, doing it on purpose thinking, oh, I won't count this in my calories. They're actually just not aware of it. They habitually eat things that they're not aware of. Um, and yeah, the way it's prepared isn't always taken into account. It takes away the enjoyment of eating quality food. Like if you're counting everything, if you're um, every meal is like prepared to the to the calorie uh, and you're counting everything, you're weighing everything. Not only is it time consuming, like I said before, but it can take the enjoyment out of like just eating good quality food. Um, Yeah, so I think that that is definitely a negative to counting calories. I think this is a big one for me without educating yourself when you are counting calories it it can become just a bit of a crash diet so i'm really against like these quick fix uh, crash diets where you just go super low in calories and lose loads of weight uh, cut the carbs right down and then you've lost a load of weight and then like two three weeks later it's all back on because you go back to a normal way of eating and I think the same about counting calories so if you're not educating yourself around like the content of calories in food and um, what I don't know what leaves you feeling um, less hungry after you've eaten it uh, like what fills you up and um, thinking again about that quality food that you get in trying to get as much fruit and veg in there as well as you can good quality sources of protein if there's no sort of education around it i think it can turn into a bit of a a track for this period of time i get where i want to be and then the poor habits kick back in that how is that any different to a crash diet so you want to be learning something from from actually doing the process of counting calories and um having said all of that i do still recommend people actually try counting calories just to again see the the real content of what's in food get an understanding of kind of how you do with certain foods and what i mean by that is what i said before about how um do you still feel hungry after certain meals does it really um yeah fill you up does it make you feel good all of these different things you'll kind of get a sense of uh, if you really are honing in on your on your nutrition and, and tracking it. So yeah, I, I definitely do recommend people try it. But this podcast is all about not doing counting calories. So let's see what your alternatives are if you um if you don't count your calories. And a couple of these are going to come from um precision nutrition because that's that's a course that I've I've done in the past. And I think they have some really good uh, I don't think some of the, the their methods are unique to them. Um, I'm sure that the palm and the hand one, which I'm going to talk about is, is just theirs, but uh, this is definitely mentioned within Precision Nutrition, and this is mindful eating, which can sound a little bit woo-woo, but if you try and focus on um, your sort of hunger cues and when you are actually eating, so obviously, eat when you're hungry, and, and and there's a lot of caveats to this because depending what current um how you currently are, these these hunger cues may be a little bit skewed. Uh, so that that's another conversation. But yeah, thinking about your hunger, trying to eat slowly, so really just slow down your your eating, and. Another thing as well is trying not to be distracted when you eat. And I do this. I, I'll watch something on YouTube or watch something or read something. And before you know it, your meal's gone. And you've not even really, <laughs> well, this is me anyway, you've not even really tasted it. So yeah, try and be kind of in the moment, if you like, when you're having the meal you're having. Put your phone down, put whatever you, you whatever's distracting you, put it down. And just concentrate on like each bite. And that can really help you to not overeat because if you're more mindful of it, you're hopefully then more mindful of when you become full and you'll potentially stop like force feeding yourself if you're distracted. So yeah, that, that's one thing. And you, you class that as mindful eating more more than anything else. Um, and from that, I'm going to go into the, the Pre- precision nutrition method of the uh, the palm well using your hand as a guide so when you're setting up like your meals there's there's different things that to, to sort of understand how much you're sort of getting in each meal so if you that so the the method they use is looking at your hand so if you open up the palm of your hand so just looking at the your palm a serving of protein would be your palm. So if you imagine like the size of your palm being a chicken breast, not the fingers, just the palm. Then if you scrunch your palm up, so clench your fist, that would be the amount of vegetables you'd have on your plate. If you then kind of cup your hand, that would be the serving of carbs. So maybe it's pasta, maybe it's rice, maybe it's quinoa, whatever it is. Um, And then if you do a thumbs up, your thumb would be the serving of fats that may be on the plate. So that could, that potentially could be the cooking. That could be, uh, I don't know, avocado, something like that. Nuts, maybe. Depends what it is. But that that's a guide that you could potentially use for each meal then, just to make sure you've got a well-balanced um, split of macronutrients on the plate. And it helps with that portion control because... A lot of the times it is portion control with a lot of people when they're not tracking. Another one could be uh, meal timing and meal frequency. So it's it seems to have been massive over, over the last five years, but intermittent fasting, which is basically missing a meal. If you normally have three meals, drop that down to two. That's a way of controlling your calories as long as it's not. Loads and loads of snacking in between doesn't work for everybody, it's not magic. But dropping a meal down is obviously going to help you control your calories, or potentially going to help you control your calories, I should say. Uh, meal frequency now, this used to be a, a misconception for actually. Um, it used to, a lot of people used to say it used to like stoke your meta- metabolism, but having smaller meals more frequently, um, it's not the case, but it could help you control hunger and cravings and snacking in between meals. So if you make sure your meals are a lot smaller, but you have more of them throughout the day, that's another way that you can potentially control it. So yeah, that's meal timings and and frequencies. I think one that goes with the mindful eating at the start as well is just making sure you're quite well hydrated and having sips of water as you eat. Um, I remember seeing this in precision nutrition as well, but being mindful of um, your thirst levels can help uh, prevent you like overeating. Now, I mentioned earlier about portion control. Um, there are actually plates that you can get that sort of balance out your, um, your macronutrients, very similar to what I've just talked about with the palm situation. You'll literally have a plate that will spread out. That like, when you plate it up, how much of each you should have. So there'll be like a big section for like fruit and vegetables, section for like protein, section for fats, section for carbs. And if you can, if you can get a plate like that, which I'm sure you'll get. Well, you'll definitely get one on Amazon. That could be a way of making sure that with each meal, not only are you getting like a good mix of macronutrients, it it makes you more mindful of having like some sort of veg with each meal which can be hard like if we think of our typical breakfast most people are not going to be having veg with the breakfast um i don't think i've ever met anyone that has veg with a breakfast um but yeah it can make you more mindful of that so maybe it's fruit in that case um but yeah consider using a plate like that because it's a really easy method to use one one that I like to do is with, with clients that I work with is food diary analysis. So just the process of getting somebody to do, say, a seven-day food diary straight away can raise a little bit of awareness on on their side of what they're currently eating. And they might not realize when they're currently eating these things, but if they've got a, a task of writing things down, it makes them more aware of what they're eating so sometimes, straight away, what that will do is that person straight away will make better choices because they'll know that they've got to show that food diary to a trainer. So even without trying, just giving that task can make a change in, in a person's eating behaviours. However, that doesn't obviously tell like the true story because that's not exactly what they're eating. So just getting, getting a food diary... Um, every so often analyzing that food diary in the sense of let's look at patterns let's look at times you're eating let's see what you're eating the quantity uh the the more detailed you can write things down the better so if you do have like portion sizes that's going to be perfect for for the trainer that's looking at it but it it'll it'll give give us an idea of patterns that are occurring and and things that you can then start to change and that's not that's not necessarily always um, like negative. So, there might be some really positive things that you're doing that you can kind of capitalize on. Um, and yeah, there may be some things that might need slight tweaking. But this is a method that I like to do because it's not, you're not completely ripping somebody's eating pattern up altogether. You're just looking at what they currently do and then trying to make these subtle changes in order to. Um, to to lower the calories a little bit if the goal is fat loss. And that's a really sustainable way because if you've got somebody that's eating a certain way and you just make slight changes to that, that's so much better than giving them a meal plan and going, eat this, which you can't legally do as a PT, but people do it. That yeah, eat this, like salmon for breakfast with uh, asparagus and um, I I don't know. Yeah, things like that. It's not going to happen, is it? Because that's not what they do. If they're used to having cereal, let's just let them have cereal. Maybe let's get some fruit on top. Um, Let's maybe make a tweak to that cereal. Maybe lower the portion size. Just little things like this uh, can go a long way to helping somebody lower their calories and helping them stick to it as well. I'm not a big fan of this one but it is a method that could be used and that's to um no actually I'm going I'm going to change that I'm not going to say eliminate a um a food uh, but really reduce certain foods so we know I I hate the keto diet let me let, let let me just be clear I hate the keto diet because I just think it's unsustainable I think carbs are some of the the best foods that you can have vegetables fruit and vegetables are carbs but yeah so alienating a food group is just wrong in my eyes but what we can do is try and reduce the amount of let's say reduce the amount of like refined sugars that you have in your diet um which the majority come well the majority come from well they are carbs. So if we think about things that are really high in, in calories and just really easy to overeat, like chocolate crisps and things like that, the typical snacks that we can really just go to town on and overeat, if we're mindful of not stopping that, because I think if you completely stop that, what happens, you want it more. So, but just being really mindful of that and reducing um, things like that, replacing it where possible, um, is a is a really useful strategy to do. So this is like nothing else changes in the diet. Let's keep everything the same in terms of what you eat for, for meals. But these little snacks in between, let's make little amendments to them. Let's try and reduce the amount of um, sugars we're getting in the diet. And that's that's gonna have an impact on, on calories overall again. Because remember, with all of these strategies, the aim is to reduce calories without counting the calories. That's the purpose of this. And um, I think that's a, a useful option. Like the extreme is to completely cut a, a food group out, but that is uh, the food group being um, carbs, but not interested in that whatsoever because you never, you're not going to not eat carbs forever. Um, it's just a, a pointless exercise in my eyes. Some keto people are getting mad now. Uh, Yeah, one last thing to think of is trying to, I think this this works well with the analysing your food diary and looking at what you currently eat. Um, It can link quite nicely to that. So if we look at your current sort of like stress levels and a few things, actually stress levels, sleep levels and activity levels can all uh, sort of give us a, a bigger give us more of the story if you like alongside that food diary that I mentioned because if we notice patterns like, I don't know, a, a death in the family, um, a, a breakup, a, a job loss, something like that that's happened and then you've done a food diary as well, there's definitely going to be signs in there that there's, there's comfort eating or that yeah, you, you that's not you're not going to be eating in a typical way that you'd normally eat it could go the opposite way for some people it could really reduce and then the trainer gets a diary and goes no you're eating next to nothing like if anything your calories are too low so there's, there's got to be the full story needs to be told so just considering your stress management like what's happened in your life can you is there ways that you can reduce stress um, in terms of like maybe it's your job or your relationship or whatever it may be, can you reduce that? Because that is going to have an impact on the decisions you make around food. If you're sleep deprived, that's going to have an impact. Um, and these things are going to knock off your knock, knock out of whack your hormones. So we have ghrelin and leptin, which are re- involved in your hunger, ghrelin being your hunger hormone. And then, uh, leptin being um, your hormone that tells you like how full you are, one one of its one of its roles anyway, um, to tell you when to stop eating. They're going to be sort of blunted, if you like, and not work as efficiently when things like stress are high or you're lacking sleep. So. Considering, that's why it's so important to, to get rest and recovery. It's easier said than done just to say, like, reduce your stress. Like, that that's so much easier said than done, isn't it? When, if you live a really stressful life with a, a busy job. But it's trying to understand that that can actually have an impact on your goal of fat loss. Um, probably without you realising it. Um even if you truly understand like calorie balance and reducing your calories and calorie deficit, it, it is all about that balance. but if if you're just fighting a battle to lose body fat just because your hunger hormone is through the roof and you just can't stop eating, and it's because of stress and lack of sleep and stuff, it does really have an impact. So trying to work on that where possible, Increasing your activity levels is always going to help with things like this. Um, so, obviously, when we exercise, that's another stressful situation. So we need to make sure when we do exercise, um, we are recovering from it. We're getting um, some a good a high protein meal afterwards with some carbs in there to replenish our muscle glycogen. Um, but yeah. Consider your physical activity, what you're currently doing. I don't like to use that um, as a way to to burn calories, exercise. I prefer it to get stronger, get healthier. You'll probably have heard me say before. But there is two sides to the balance, isn't there? The the energy balance equation. One is what we put in the body. One is what we put out. So just consider your exercise and trying to increase that where you can. I think that's pretty much all the ones I talked about. The quality of the nutrition. Um, one thing I didn't speak about actually is trying to get your food where possible. This is a this can be quite challenging um, in the in this day and age. But trying to get our food from a whole food approach, unprocessed where possible. This is a big thing in precision nutrition. Um, but if we try and think about getting getting as much from fruit and veg as we can. Um, and trying to get good sources of, of protein, animal protein, if you're not um, vegetarian or vegan. And it, honestly, you'll it'll help you to feel fuller for longer. We'll be getting more fiber in the diet. We're obviously getting more protein in the diet. So that's going to help uh, with your feeling fullness. And yeah, if you are looking at that whole foods approach, so non-processed, there's a lot of things that you're gonna avoid and it's normally the things that taste really good and want us more and want us to want more, uh, like the, the chocolate, the cakes, the biscuits, the crisps and things like that, because it's gonna reduce them because obviously they're not whole foods. Uh, so yeah, that that's one thing. And that, that goes back to that quality nutrition rather than just quantity that I mentioned at the start. It should be, let's get as much food, good quality food in us as we can. Um, to make our bodies feel better and work better when we exercise and sleep better and be less stressed and all of these things will definitely have an impact on on that so i hope that's been useful for you um there is probably loads of other uh, approaches that uh, you could do instead of counting calories as i said earlier like I do recommend people try it, but it's not for everyone. Me personally, I only do it when I really want a um, sort of laser-focused approach on on nutrition. Like day to day, I don't I don't track. Um, I I just do it every now and again. So it is possible to get out of that um, process of always tracking. Um, but yeah, hope that hopefully that's helped. If you've got any more questions or are interested in maybe me supporting you with, with this, just drop me an email, mark at coachcleg.com, and I'll speak to you hopefully very soon in the next one. Cheers.